Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So we're going to... I'm going to move right now. We're starting Wisdom Builds the House, and it's going to be happening all year. We're going to talk about wisdom. We're going to be so wise by the end of 2023. It's going to be like unbelievable. <laughs> so, but we want to give you thoughts, teaching, help, so that you do get wiser, because we need wisdom, especially navigating uh, the world that we live in today. Who can say amen to that? So um, I'm going to start with Proverbs 24, everybody, uh, verse 3 to 4. Proverbs 24. And the series this year, the theme for the year is going to be Wisdom Builds the House. We're in miracle territory, but the enemy attacks when you're in miracle territory. The enemy attacks when you're in miracle territory. And as a church, we're in miracle territory. What's happening in our campuses? What's happening here at home? We're in miracle territory. What's happening in Zambia right now? Zambia is really uh, very special because God has brought key people from around that city, from people from the United Nations to engineers, finance people, all people who are in our church, just as we're heading to get a building. And then the key architect who's building churches, designing them in Southern Africa, he's in our church. So all I can tell you is God's got a plan. He's got a big plan. And even now, here's wisdom to everybody here. Be praying. Don't be moved by the enemy because he knows that what we're setting up now, both in Australia, in Perth and Melbourne, in Germany, in Zambia, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, all of this, the seeds of it, even though the seeds are now big seeds, are really going to impact in years and decades to come. And many of your children and grandchildren, uh, great-grandchildren will be involved in some of the things that we're doing, which will multiply. We won't be, we'll multiply around the world and they'll be able to be a part of that in many various ways. So I'm excited about that, that uh, we won't see all the promises in this generation. You won't see them all, but your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren will actually also see what we're doing now. So Proverbs 24 says this, By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Gee, that's so good. One more time. By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. All right, so everybody, we're talking about the building of, hello, your life the building of your home. We're going to talk, that'll be touched on throughout the year, but also the building of the spiritual home, God's spiritual house. And the Bible teaching us there through understanding it's established. Can I just say to you, you can be a Christian for years, but not have understanding. You can be a Christian for decades and not have understanding. What we need to pray and we need to say, God, help me with is to get understanding. I meet people all the time. They, can, they know the Lord, they've got saved. But in their level of understanding, it's low. So we need to say, God, give me understanding so that my life, my house, uh, my business, my job, my family, my church, what I do in God's house, what I do in the kingdom. Lord, give me understanding so that the house is then established. If I didn't begin to get understanding years ago, and how did I do that? One of the big ways I got understanding was stop talking. 
Dave Harding said, good point. If you want to get an understanding, stop offering your opinion. Uh, the amount of people who are offering opinions before you carry weight for years. You have to carry in the kingdom, to be honest. I'm, I'm, now I'm teaching maturity here. This is a maturity class. So I'm teaching maturity is that you have to carry and you have to also realize there's a time to speak and there's a time just to glean and listen. And uh, for many years, I just <laughs> sat and, uh, and definitely just didn't offer any opinion. I went to offer it once and then some of you heard the, uh, when I was younger then the Holy Spirit said to me, if I need to hear from you, I'll ring a bell. <laughs> That's a true story. And uh, God was saying to me, don't speak yet. You haven't got anything to say yet. So he was, and I've been saved for 10 years. The Lord's like, when you carry, when you uh, carried weight, when you've served under others and you actually have gleaned and you have understanding, then things will begin to be established in your life. So understanding is a key issue because you can go to church and have no understanding. Wow. So we need to say, Lord, help me to get understanding so that the house you're trying to build in my life uh, the house you're trying to build in the house of God where I'm involved. Lord, help where I'm planted. Help me, Lord, to have understanding about that. Help me to get wisdom about that, God. And then the Bible says, when you get understanding, when you get understanding, and most of everybody who's been on the journey with me here for two decades knows it takes time. But don't be a Christian who thinks you know in five years, 10 years. You don't. Because it takes years. But we have to glean in and say, how did you get here? How did that happen? How did that work? How did God do that? How, did God, how does God take a broken person in full rebellion <laughs> to a different life? How does God do that? We need to get understanding about that rather than assumption. Assumption means assuming things. Because we had religious upbringing. Don't assume that that's how God does stuff. Don't assume that what God's doing in your life now is what He did 10 years ago. He's not. With God, everything is a new day. It's a new opportunity. He's doing new things, new wineskin. And, uh, and the Lord is often saying, hey, close the door. If you're a person walking in understanding, you realize close the door to that and go there. When Sue and I went to London uh, to plant what became Hillsong London Church, we had to, when I we went to London, I had to shut the door to Sydney and not live like I was in Sydney. The door was shut, and I had to get my head around it. That door is shut. Embrace, engage mentally, emotionally, and spiritually that God has called us to London. Then when God, we did that, six years established that, went to Kiev, Hillsong, over 15 years really, 19 times, helping get the Kiev, Hillsong, and Moscow Church going, and Bible College. And then when we came to Perth, I'm from, not from Perth, I'm from Sydney, left there when I was 30. I had to say, right, and Sue and I both got it, engage with Perth, yeah. shut the door to Sydney. Yeah. Don't live one leg in Sydney yeah. and one leg in Perth. You have to engage your heart, engage your mind, engage your spirit, shut the door. And when, yeah, shut the door. <laughs> now it doesn't mean, mean I don't visit friends. It doesn't mean I don't visit family. It doesn't mean that. It means that I'm engaged and I'm not living double-minded. Double-minded. Double-minded woman or man is unstable, the Bible says, in all their ways. So the Bible says, if you're double-minded, well, I'm kind of a Christian, I'm kind of not. 
unstable in all your ways. If you're in Perth, but you're kind of somewhere else, Bible says that double-minded, double and unstable in all your ways. There'll be instability in your life and instability spiritually. But when we go, Lord, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand, Lord. You've called me. You placed me. You established me. Lord, in Jesus' Name, help me now to engage with that. And drop the Christian thing that when we want to change stuff or we want to be unstable, we say, I am praying about it. Every time I hear Christians say they're praying about it, usually it's to undo something that God has established. Thank you, Pastor Luke. So, so when we went through knowledge, the rooms are filled, listen to this, with rare and beautiful treasures. Gee, that's nice, isn't it? Rare and beautiful treasures. God wants in your life rare and beautiful treasures. Are you excited about that? You're listening well, yeah. God wants rare and beautiful treasures in your life. He wants rare and beautiful treasure in His house. He wants rare and beautiful treasure in your home. In fact, that's what God wants so that people go, wow, this is different. This is unique. How did this happen? How did you have this life? How did you end up in that place? How did you end up there in God? How did God do that? How did that happen? How did that happen? Well, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it's established. So as we went along, as you went along, hello, you got understanding, then it became established. And through the knowledge that you glean, suddenly the rooms are being filled and suddenly there are rare and precious, rare and beautiful treasures, not just in you, but if you have children, in your children, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family, in your house, and in your church, in Jesus' Name. I love that, rare and beautiful treasures. Some of the things happening right now in the Global Heart family around the world is rare <laughs> and beautiful. It's rare and beautiful. There's some amazing, rare and beautiful things that are happening and, uh, and that we're getting to be more and more a part of and also seeing established. You know, the Bible teaches us too, if you, and I wanna say this, at, at, you know, while we're still at that, still in the early stage of the year, one of the things that we need to say, Lord, help us with is also to develop the ability to rest. To rest. The world that we're living in right now, uh, you know, it's so, uh, everything's coming at you 24-7. It's coming at you. You can actually physically be inactive, but if you're actually overhooked up with social media and stuff, you will be exhausted because when I was a kid, I can remember if there's a problem happened on the other side of the world, you usually heard it when I was a kid in Sydney, you heard it two months later. <laughs> oh, wow, that happened. You know? And now the moment there's a disaster anywhere in the world, it's on your phone in two seconds. So you're getting the world's problems. You're getting the world's challenges. Everyone, we need to be really careful that we are navigating our phone with understanding. Your phone can be a help or it can be a total enemy to your life. So you need to say, Jesus, this beginning of the year, help me to get wisdom through 2023 on what to do with my phone, what to do with social media. I like Pastor Spencer. Pastor Spencer said with his uh, addictions, you know, um, coming out of uh, you know, heroin and crack addiction years ago, he has no social media happening because he said, 
I just get addicted to everything. And he said, I would get into stuff and also I don't want to be taken back in a way. So he cut all his social media. And, uh, and he says to me, he's the better for it, right? So, so we need to say, Lord, help me to start working on moving to rest. A good, re- good definition of rest is ceasing from work or movement. I like this, in order to recover strength. Ceasing from work or movement in order to recover strength. We need to recover strength. So everybody, you need to be saying to yourself in 2023, I need to recover strength, emotional strength, physical strength. And so throughout the year, wisdom is that we're all noting that and going, hang on a minute, have I recovered strength? Have I recovered emotional strength? Have I recovered relational strength? We need to stop, cease from movement and take our moments and time and sometimes a long time to rest and recover. They say that you need seven to eight hours sleep a night. Some of you are looking at me and you're like, are you serious? So we need to say, Lord, help me to get uh, rest and even change our sleep happens, ha- patterns. I had, you know, over the years, years ago, some people said to me, Pastor Ed, I think I've lost God. <laughs> they said, I'm losing God. And I went, well, he hasn't gone anywhere, but why do you say that? And then as I drilled down with them, I said, what time do you go to bed? They would tell me they were going to bed at one or two and then getting up at like six. And I said, hey, I'm going to help you find God. They said, oh, wow, great. And I said, yeah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to bed, turn all the lights low at 9.30 p.m. and get into bed by 10.15. The person came back to me and three days later, they said, Pastor, I think I've been delivered of the demonic attack and I found God again. (laughs) Going to bed early, turning the lights low, settling themselves down, getting quiet. Suddenly there was rest coming and they could go to sleep. Can I suggest to you, Uh, that you might, some people might need to get your phone and put your phone in another room in order to go to bed. Another room. Because if you've got no rest, you're being impacted in multiple ways, they teach us, multiple, multiple ways. And definitely your perspective goes when you're not rested. Your perspective goes and everything. Suddenly everything's a drama, everything's terrible, everything's, you know, you need rest so that you've got a healthy perspective. And by the way, an objective perspective is the goal in Jesus' name. You know, I grew up in a family too. My mum could never sit down. And uh, so for this small, broken, poverty-filled life that we had and problems, she just never sat down. I was like, I was like, my mum, can you sit down? And, uh, and so I have to watch that because it was my model. Mums, can you sit down? Mums. Sit down and don't feel guilty. Your children need you to sit down. Grandma, Nana, Nania, <laughs> just sit. sit down. If your, if your model was anxiety and driven people, we need to all say, Lord, help us with that because it's been our model to not keep kicking into that. If it's been your model, it's hard because you have to keep addressing it because that's what you saw all the time. So we need to say, Lord, help me to sit down. Help me turn the TV off. Help me to actually get some silence. I got some friends of mine, they're always in living in noise. And I'm always like, how do you, how do you hear God? I can't hear the Lord when it's noisy all the time. Geordie told me once their house was like a mausoleum. And I said, Yes, and don't wreck the ambience. (laughs) Because you need to like, 
rest and you need to have silence sometimes so that you can hear God, so that you can just get peace um, and just learn to sit down. Everybody, we're stressing our children out. And uh, Sue, used to, <laughs> Sue was so good with me because Sue could sit down with the kids and she would just be sitting down engaged. Because I'd seen that behaviour, I was always kind of copying, especially in the early years. And then I also had a little bit of OCD, which I still have with paintings. That, anyway, who, somebody was a bit mean to me the other day about that in church, pointed out the painting behind me and the picture was off. Who are you? I remember who you are soon. But I, have to, I used to get, I don't know, it's so weird, but I go to a restaurant and I like obsess over the painting and say to Sue, I have to fix that picture. And Sue's like, oh, please don't, you know. So we've all got our bits and pieces, right? So I know it, but I have to be careful. But I would get into the bathroom has to be perfect. Suddenly I'd be like, the bathroom has to be perfect. Especially when I feel a bit out of control when uh, coming from such a controlled environment. And then you'll laugh, it was so funny. Sue was so good. She said to me, now listen to me. She'd be all sweet and lovely. And then suddenly when I was mucking up the boys and just being engaged, Sue said to me, now listen, you're getting in the car. You're going to the park. You're going to have a great time. She said, you know the bathroom? I said, yes. She goes, when the boys leave the house in about 20 years, you can clean it for the rest of your life. So she said, but right now, we're going to the park. <laughs> and uh, I listened to my wife and I got in the car. <laughs> I said, let's go. So everybody, if you've grown up in that, you need to be just aware as I am that I have to keep dealing with that, keep giving it to God and keep telling myself, sit down, sit down, sit down. I sit at the dinner table now, right? Pretty good. <laughs> we never sat at a dinner table when I grew up. All you guys who grew up sitting around a dinner table, totally foreign to me. So then, uh, you know, thank God for Sue. The Lord puts me with Sue. And then Sue's like dinner around the table with the family. So my wife's trained me, which is really, really good. <laughs> and, uh, but everybody learned that's how it's meant to be, engaging with one another. Mum and dad, don't be racing around all the time. All of that, watch your drivenness because usually we're trying to escape something that we need to sit down and say, Lord, just give me peace on that. Lord, just help me with that. Just grace me, Lord. I'm not talking about being passionate. Some of you, some of you are saying, well, I've been lying in the lounge for six months. This is a great word, Pastor Jared. <laughs> you may have another little thing going on where you need to kind of get off the couch. <laughs> that could be a little, little, little the other way. So, so look, we've got to be up. We're meant to be, the Bible tells us we're meant to work. We're meant to work. We're meant to be active. So definitely we're meant to do that. And I want to encourage you to get some passion with that, get some passion to study, get some passion to work, believe God to go forward in your life. But just, have the, just ask the Lord to help you this year to lean into His grace and, uh, and to learn to sit down. My mum was still not sitting down into her 80s. I used to have to say to her, Mum, come here. Now sit here. <laughs> we want to see you. We don't want to see the food even. We wanted to see my mum. And, uh, and she go, oh, all right then, you know, so in the end, she let me bring some food in. But we need to say, Lord, give us that anointing. Give us the ability to rest and to grace. You know, uh, the um, Jewish people, they have Shabbat. It starts on Friday night. And really what they're doing is they are responding to the fourth commandment, which is to keep the Sabbath holy, which is, you know, God uh, worked and built, you know, created the earth, Created you and I on the seventh day, he saw it, it was all good and he rested. 
And so the fourth commandment out of the 10 commandments is that we keep a day holy under the Lord. Well, the Jews do it religiously, the Jewish people, starting Friday night through to Saturday night. It's called Shabbat. And it actually means to cease. So Shabbat means to cease. Just tell yourself right now, cease. (laughs) One day of the week. So it's saying you need to cease. You need to stop. And in case you're thinking, do you need to do that Friday night to Saturday? No, because Colossians uh, 2.16 says, Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. So the Bible is saying there is no day now that is the law. It's the principle of the Sabbath God wants us to keep. Come, it's the principle of the Sabbath. So it's everyone here, can I encourage you, wisdom is thinking, what day of the week am I stopping? What day of the week am I chilling? What day of my week am I recovering? What day of the week am I engaging with family and friends? When am I, when am I stopping? What day of the week am I being silent? Sitting at home in a room in the silence, say, Lord, speak to me. But it's not a certain day, everybody. Um, Ecclesiastes describes us uh, well with, when we are focused on all the things rather than focused on what God says. Ecclesiastes 2.23 says, All their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. You know, everybody, God wants us, our minds to rest. The Bible says God gives His beloved sleep. God wants to give you sleep. He wants you resting. He wants you stopping. He wants you at the end of the day say, Thank you, Lord. You're in charge of my life. Here's the kids. Here's the grandkids. Here's the husband. Here's the husband. (laughs) Here's the wife. You know, give God your finances. Give God everything. Say, Lord, thank you that as I serve you, as I put you first, Lord, you're taking care of business in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah. God wants your mind to rest. He wants your mind to rest. And uh, He also wants to give us spiritual rest. The Bible teaches us that in the book of Hebrews, that uh, the writer in Hebrews was saying to the people, listen, chapter 4, verse 2, For indeed we've had the good news preached to us, just as they also did, but the word they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united with those who listened with faith. For we have believed... For we who have believed enter that rest, just as He said, as I swore in my anger, they certainly shall not enter my rest, although His works are finished from the foundation of the world. For He has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all His works. And again in this passage, they certainly shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who had previously had good news preached to them, failed to enter because of their disobedience. So the Bible is telling here, and teaching us that there's a rest in God. And you're like, what is that rest about? The rest that God talks about here that Joshua and even the children of Israel didn't enter into was the fact that we are called now to enter by belief into a resting place in what Christ has done. If you look around the world, religion and pagan religions are always trying to do something to get the God they're looking to, to accept them. This is the opposite of Christianity. How good. 
because the Bible teaches us that Jesus took your sin on Himself on the cross. He took your pain on Himself on the cross. He took your rebellion against Him on Himself on the cross. Everything went to Jesus on the cross and through His broken body and His shed blood, He gave His life once, the Bible says, for all time in the book of Hebrews. Then He sat down at the right hand of the Father. When He sat down, he, he, was, he was the high priest. When He sat down, that means that the offering that He gave for you and I, for our sin, for all time, has been accepted by God. So the Bible's teaching all of us, there is a rest that the world doesn't know. If you're not a believer, there's a rest that you will never know or understand. There's a, you can't experience it. You, you'll have no clue about it because the rest is when you have opened your life to God, you have surrendered and then said, Jesus, even when I don't understand it all, who understands it all when you become a Christian? Like nobody. But Lord, I put my belief in You. I put my faith in You. You've changed the world. You died on the cross for me. You've impacted lives from the greatest to the people the most broken. Greatest music's written to You. Greatest paintings painted to You. The glory to You, Jesus. I put my faith and trust in You. The Bible says when you come into that place and you believe God, listen, this is the entry point to the rest in God. So the Bible is saying that when you believe Him, you come into a rest in God where you're like, oh wow, my eternal life is right with God. I'm forgiven. I have salvation. And there is a, a rest that you know and that you experience that is just quite incredible. So can I encourage everybody, if you're not yet a believer, you can't understand what I'm talking about. It's different to man's rest. It's different to emotional rest. It's different to physical rest. What is it? It's a supernatural spiritual rest. Supernatural spiritual rest. Where you're resting, you're alive on the planet right now, but there's a rest in you going, my eternal life is right with God. My eternal life is right with God. When I got saved a week later, I just knew a week later, even at the end of my teen years, no one told me. No one told me, I'm going to heaven. I got a rest. I got a peace. No matter what's happening in my life, I'm in going to heaven. But the entry point was trust and belief in God. And now I'm rested. Psalm 62 verse 1 says, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Oh, I love that. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. The Bible actually teaches us that maturity, everybody, is repentance from dead works, ceasing from trusting in our own works. A lot of people think, oh, if I'm a good person, if I go to this church, if I got sprinkled as a baby, if I had that, then I'll be saved. And we're kind of trusting in what we do. But belief in Christ is actually ceasing from that. It's shabbating. <laughs> it's resting and saying, Ultimately, I have nothing to do with my salvation. Jesus, it's all in You. So it's all in You. So when we believe Jesus, when you put your faith in Christ at the end of a service, uh, in any of our services here in church or in your home, when you put your faith in Christ, you're actually ceasing from works. And you're ceasing from, if you like, unbelief as well. Because... It is unbelief to try and do it in our own strength. Belief according to the Word of God is not in our strength. It's in Christ. 
John 6 says, What shall we do that we may make the make the what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And look what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Oh my gosh, the things that Jesus was saying, so deep, so powerful, so small, so simple, but so incredibly deep that you need, what what do you need? You need understanding. That Jesus was saying, believe, believe in me, believe in my work. (laughs) Everybody, if you're not yet a believer, you haven't made a decision. I'm not talking about church attending. You can go to church for 20 years and not be a believer. Go for multiple reasons. Go for religious reasons. Go because it's a family thing. But Jesus says this, Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Wow, that's the population, right? (laughs) Come to me, all you who labor. Labor in your life. Labor in your job. Labor in your marriage. Labor with your kids. Labor in your family. Labor in your future. Labor, labor, stress, stress, stress. Jesus says, all you labor and heavy laden over your future, over your past, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lonely in heart. And listen to this, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus wants you to find rest for your soul. In Jesus' name. Oh my gosh, how good is that? He wants you to find true peace, true rest, but the entry point is faith in Him. It's like at Christmas time when I sit out, the Bible says, you know, there's the narrow path that leads to life. Few find it, Jesus said. Jesus says, few people will find the route to salvation. But the way to destruction, He said, it's broad. Everybody's just following along going there. So once again, we're reminded we stand at a gate. It's amazing how many people will be in heaven because they went through the gate. And it'll be amazing how people don't just because they never entered in. Bible is always saying, enter in. Take the narrow path. Enter in through belief. But you can stand there and say, oh, I love the gate. Really, really nice. What a lovely gate. What a lovely entrance. But if you don't go in, it doesn't benefit us eternally. And so the Bible is saying here, come on, they didn't enter in because they didn't believe. The way to rest, the way to eternal rest, the way to peace with God, the way to salvation is that you don't just stand at the gate but you make a decision and you say, I'm entering in. I'm entering in. So when we say to people, hey, listen, we're going to lead a prayer, which I'm going to do in just a moment. We encourage people because the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, not a tradition, not a religious, but the Bible says, when we confess Jesus Christ with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. Believe, believe, Here's what the Bible says. You will be saved. You will be saved. You will have rest. You will have eternal rest. You'll enter into the rest that Hebrews 4 is talking about. So what I'd like to do is give you that opportunity and also give you an opportunity to return to Jesus. Because the Bible talks in the last day, there's going to be a falling away. It says in the last days, the last days, there'll be a falling away because the enemy is at work. He's getting stronger. He's trying to stop people coming to Christ. So we need to say, hey, Lord, if you fell away, I am getting my life right with you. I'm getting right with you, God. I need rest. I need peace. I need forgiveness. 
And then you will be living a unique life on the planet and your children, as my children do, and my grandchildren. We weren't from Christian backgrounds, but we decided to put our belief in Christ. I, could, I didn't want to put my belief in a journalist. I didn't find a politician that was going to be my Lord or Saviour. I didn't find a journalist that would be that. I, didn't, I just realised, hang on, who has changed the world? Who changes hearts? Who changes lives? Who helps the poor? Who helps the sick? Who, who helps those who are saved? Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross for me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so soon I entered in. And then our boys have entered in. And now a whole lot of other people have entered in. Go through the gate, everybody. The path that leads to destruction is wide. But the path to eternal life and to the rest of God that God wants you to walk in, this beautiful rest, this beautiful... You can tell when you're born again by the Holy Spirit, there's a rest. Even in the midst of a big challenge going on in your life, you're like, mm, i got to rest because the, your eternal life is right with God and you're at peace due to the belief you put in Him. Can we stand up, everybody? Can we stand up? Let's just actually we'll sing for a moment. Just come and sing Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.